I'm Ophira Eisberg from Ask Me Another. Every week we play nerdy games with contestants and celebrities. Hear Patrick Stewart dramatically read Taylor Swift lyrics or learn how many quills there are on a porcupine. Find Ask Me Another on the NPR One app or wherever you get podcasts. Please be advised that the language that you're about to hear in this upcoming podcast may not be suitable for your little kitties. I am not the girl who just thinks everything is racist. Like, I <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think people are like, she's a Debbie Downer. Don't invite her anywhere. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I, I sometimes say funny things. Like, I'm not, I'm not just hating on people all the time. Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? This is Stretch Armstrong. And my name is Bobito Garcia, a.k.a. Cool Bob Love. Welcome to What's Good with Stretch and Bobito, your source for untold stories and uncovered truths from movers and shakers around the world. Our guest today is Francesca Ramsey. She got her start making natural hair tutorials. And now she's a YouTube star with a Comedy Central pilot in the works. But Stretch, before we get to all that, let's talk about your hair when I first met you. <laughs> Can we not? <laughs> Please. Oh, boy. Listen, enough time has passed by where I'm, I'm totally fine talking about the ridiculous haircut I had when we met. Yeah, yeah long, I, beautiful hair. My hair was shining, long. Shining, gleaming, my, steaming, flax and waxing. <laughs> yo, I got a photograph of me. My hair is long and curly, <laughs> and it goes down to my shoulders. <laughs> And I got a photo of me with that haircut rocking a shearling. Oh. Yo, it's so hectic. So, yeah, so that, that's what I looked like when we became friends. And um, and then I bought equalified you. Yeah, you were, the, you, you, were, you were Bobito the Barber. I was like, yo, let me get, I was like, all right, listen, I got to, listen, I'm officially hip-hop now. That I, was like, I, that was like a, 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 you know, like if someone was starving and you offered them like a Thanksgiving feast or something. Like, I saw your hair and I was like, oh, my God, please let me cut your hair. <laughs> yeah, and what did you do? What did you give me? You gave well, me the I, Caesar. I gave you the Caesars. I hooked you up. Now, you know, I, at the time, I didn't realize that, but in hindsight, the Caesar is that's the standard haircut for white guys that are down in hip hop. <laughs> I, I guess, yeah, I mean, they all have the same haircut. Part two of me giving you the first haircut of our friendship was that. You, <laughs> you fell asleep afterwards. I don't know if you remember this. You took a nap in your living room when you were on 108th Street. Yeah, I was so sad. And, and <laughs> I swept up all your long hair and I put it in a salad bowl. <laughs> and then I placed it in your refrigerator. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yes. <laughs> and then I left your house. And then five hours later, you were like, yo, Bob, WTF, man. <laughs> <laughs> that was my homage to your hair. Thanks, Bob. Anyway, coming up next, Francesca Ramsey. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Red Bull Radio. Whether it's the latest dancehall out of Kingston, techno from Berlin, underground hip-hop, or old soul gems, Red Bull Radio is the place to tune in and discover great music that's new to you. With in-depth interviews and live performances from festivals around the globe, plus music handpicked by influential artists, journalists, and DJs, you'll know what you're looking for when you hear it. 
Listen at redbullradio.com. Support for this NPR podcast and the following message comes from Blue Apron. Blue Apron partners with sustainable farms, fisheries, and ranchers to bring you all the ingredients you need to create incredible home-cooked meals. Ingredients compared with an easy-to-follow recipe card delivered to your door weekly in a refrigerated box. Rediscover how fun cooking can be while enjoying specialty ingredients and exploring new flavors and cuisines. Get your first three Blue Apron meals free with your first order plus free shipping by visiting blueapron.com slash stretch. Joining us now is the incredible Francesca Ramsey. Our guest today got her start making content for YouTube in 2012. She rocked the video world with shit white girls say to black girls, which now has close to 12 million views on YouTube. Since then, she went on to write for and contribute to the nightly show with Larry Wilmore. She hosts MTV News Decoded, a show where she talks race, stereotypes, media, and pop culture. Recently, she's been working on a pilot for Comedy Central. Aplauso para eso! Oh, yay! Word up, 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 Francesca, welcome. Thank you for having me. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get into all the video work you've done, let's talk about what we've got in common. Mm, Podcast. Yay. Yes! It's called Last Name Basis, which you do with your husband, Patrick. I sure do. Now, Patrick um, happens to be white, and on the show, you, you, you tackle... I know, I know. Are you like... <laughs> Get her off the show now! I've been lied to! <laughs> you think of me differently. I knew it. God, I should have kept that on the DL. Well, if, if you knew more about my personal life and Bob's, um, well... You, you'd, you'd know that we're all sort of in the same boat. Oh, in that okay, cool. Francesca, you know Stretch is white, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen, there are some white people who are very unhappy that I'm in an interracial relationship. Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, this could be some sort of gotcha moments. I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's actually why we have you here. All my Puerto Rican friends are very happy that I have a white uh, partner on the on this podcast. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> I thought you were going to say a white wife. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Other kind of partner, not the romantic. Romantic part. Right, right. So in the podcast, you have complicated conversations around difficult issues, including race. Mm -hmm. So can you share with us what you're trying to do with this podcast? I mean, for Pat and I, we have so many great conversations where we disagree on different topics and then we start to see eye to eye. You know, my husband is a lawyer Mm. and he has always been someone who's been very analytical and fair minded, whereas I am very emotional. I'm always like, kill that bitch. And he's like, legally, (laughs) she didn't do anything wrong. And I'm like, just agree with me. I hate her. (laughs) So it's really fun for us to talk about um, all sorts of stuff. Like we do talk talk about politics and we talk about pop culture, but we also talk about science, you know, and sometimes he sees things. She blinded me. (laughs) I am like not a science person at all. Um, So, yeah, it's great. I mean, we don't necessarily go into every episode with a specific goal in mind other than to just talk about things that we think are interesting or things that sometimes we'll have a disagreement and we'll just be like, save it for the podcast. We're not even going to have this argument right now. Wow. Do it on the show. Um, wow. And it's great because That's tough. That's really tough. I love it. It's put been, that on pause, honey. We're yes. gonna talk about that tomorrow. <laughs> yes, save it. But like we do it real shady. We're like, save it for the podcast, okay? <laughs> just 
say that. With the hands, five fingers <laughs> yes. in the face. Um, so, yeah, it's really fun. And I think what our audience really enjoys about it is that, you know, Patrick does bring a different perspective to some topics. And I enjoy hearing that just in the sense that, I, you know, I am very emotional. And I think that's because when we talk about race, for me, a lot of these things are things that I have dealt with, you know, personally or impact people that I know. And so um, Pat's not the type to play devil's advocate, but he tries to come from a perspective of like, well, let me just tell you how I would see this situation or I can understand why someone might see it differently. And that's been really eye opening for me. Shout out to Pat. uh, Yes. Well, I'm going to shout out my wife, right, because I I told her that um, I was interviewing you with Stretch on our podcast and she said, what? (laughs) Turns out years ago. She was putting your videos on to her best friend. Oh, that's so cool. On some natural hair tutorials. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> no, real talk. That's awesome. Yeah, it is. And so, what lessons did you learn from those videos in those early YouTube days that you're applying today? I think just perseverance and and really staying focused there was a long stretch of time where i was making these videos and everyone just thought i was a weirdo because i was making videos in my apartment instead of like going out you know uh, and so um i am i'm like it's it's hilarious now because everyone gets youtube now but you yeah. know in 2006 when i started making videos like no that was not the thing you know mm-hmm. and so it was not what it is today and so sometimes you have to be able to carve your own path and and not worry if other people don't get it if it's something that you love um stay focused and dedicated to it and you know what happens for you will happen when it's supposed to so what was the spark for you to be like you know what i'm gonna be i'm gonna gonna be that weirdo at home making (laughs) videos well you know it's really funny with the i started making started out with hair videos so i have locks i've had locks for 14 years now um and when i started them you know the natural hair space was not what it is now there was no team natural nobody knew what hair type they were like Mm -hmm. you couldn't go there was no natural hair section in the store Mm -hmm. and so i turned to the internet and i joined a, uh, a hair forum called Get Up Dread Up where I was one of like three black people. It was all white people. Stop. <laughs> and I was like, so how do I do? Like, what are y'all doing? I was like, and I was always like the, the girl who was like the moderator of the forum, she and I were always butting heads. Always. So I'd this, be is, like, this is a forum with a tutorials by white people yeah. to other white people yeah. on how to get dressed. It was a it was a it was on Live Journal, wow. old school internet. I think it's still around. And a lot of those people are still my audience, which is so interesting to me. They've followed me from Get Up Dread Up to YouTube and mm-hmm. wherever else. <laughs> and so I was on this forum and I was very frustrated by the fact that you know, I was not getting the kind of advice that I was doing a lot of trial and error and I was not using the products that these people were using. I didn't have the same maintenance routines. And so I was like, you know what? Screw this. I'm going to start my own shit. And so I started making videos because mm-hmm. I was trying stuff and people were liking it and they wanted to know how I was doing it. So um, that's really what inspired me to start making videos. And then once I started getting into comedy, my channel expanded and kind of changed shape as I as my interest kind of grew. So what's your what's your current advice for white people that want dreads? Oh my god. <laughs> Find a channel that's all about that cuz it's not mine. <laughs> that's not what I'm into. <laughs> 
I mean, do you? I, I know uh, some people. For me, I, I totally understand why there are people, black people specifically, who um, really do not fuck with white people that have dreads. Like, I get it in the sense that there's a lot of stereotypes and and misunderstandings of what locks are. And, and that's, for me, a big part of why I call them locks. I'm like, there's nothing dreadful about my hair. Y'all can keep that word. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of times people are projecting unfair stereotypes about our hair based on what white people are doing with their hair, that it's smelly and that we don't wash it. I mean... Locks are in many ways the most natural state for black hair to be in. So I don't have to do back combing and all this other shit in order to have my hair in this way. So personally, I'm not upset by it, but I get why other people are. And again, that's why I'm like, mm, that's not what I'm doing. So like, I'm not bothered by whatever that is. <laughs> not those are not locks. <laughs> boom, boom. So. Can you tell us a little bit about Decoded? Yeah, so it's a series about race, identity, uh, and the intersection of pop culture. And it's part sketch and then part me in the studio straight to camera, literally decoding certain ideas and concepts around race and identity. Hmm. I watched the episode uh, about the very long process one has to go to to receive a U.S. green card. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I was was bugging. I mean, I mean. Yeah, I have friends who have come to the United States from outside um, and have mentioned like, yeah, I've been waiting, but they never really went through the A to Z in the way that you did. It's a long process. And the thing is, is like we cut steps out of that just in the interest of time. Um, (laughs) Could have fit it all in five minutes. (laughs) No, we try to keep our episodes short. But I mean, you know, there's been so much conversation around um, undocumented immigrants. And, you know, there clearly, in my mind, needs to be a change in the process because it is really difficult for people who want to be citizens legally. And it's also super expensive. You know, it's prohibitive to people who are coming from countries where they genuinely need to be here in order to have a life that is going to be productive and do the things that they want to do. And then we're like, okay, jump through all these hoops and spend all of this money in order to get here. So um, the system needs to be tweaked. And that's why we wanted to make that episode. Moni lost her wallet last week, my lady. Okay. And it costs $500 to replace a green card. I had no idea. You didn't add that, and uh, you didn't include that in in this particular clip. But that's uh, that's bananas. Yeah, that is ridiculous. So, that's a costly loss of a wallet. She found her wallet. <laughs> oh, oh, she good. did. Yes. After paying the five hundred. No. No, I'm no, sure no, no, she no. was like, no, it's five hundred dollars. Oh, we gotta find time. this wallet. <laughs> Let's go back to this. No, the wallet will be found. <laughs> Although, you know who found her wallet? It was a Mexican. Oh. Well, I'm I'm sure there's somebody whose, like, brain is exploding (laughs) hearing that. That's like the intro of a really bad joke. So listen, uh, I learned a a ton from Decoded. I'm wondering what episode did you learn the most from? Hmm. Um... Uh oh! Wait, we stretch. A, I think we hit we hit a yeah. good question. <laughs> I mean, we to my credit, we have like over sixty five episodes, so that's a lot to try and think back on. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did a really great episode about the strange. Well, no, the the my favorite one was. Uh, 
like weird Asian sexual stereotypes about where the like small Asian penis stereotype comes from. Hmm. Yeah, it was it was really eye opening because it's one of those stereotypes that gets trotted out, especially in comedy, like so mm-hmm. often. Um, but it was really interesting to learn about uh, the laws in this country that actually prohibited um, Asians from marrying white women, and that like the stereotype of them being like these sexual provocateurs. And so basically, once they create these laws that they couldn't get married, then they were prohibited from taking certain jobs at the time. So they were relegated to more feminine roles like laundry and restaurants, which then like perpetuated this idea that they could not like satisfy a woman and they were like womanly. So it was just a strange history when you realize like, oh, this trope that is used to be funny Hacks has a serious history that uh-huh. is super racist yeah. and really hurtful. Wow. Um, and so it's it's very eye-opening for me. And so those are the episodes that were like, oh, damn, people are going to love this. I didn't know this thing. And this is really interesting and um, and super shareable for that reason. Do you think, as a, as a woman of color, do you think that you would find yourself in the entertainment industry if it wasn't for YouTube and Twitter, if those didn't exist? Um, I mean, there are a lot of really successful black women and women of color in entertainment that I look up to that did not use YouTube. But I do think the thing that's really cool about social media and YouTube specifically is that it's really removed a lot of the gatekeepers. Not everybody can move to New York. Um, Not everyone can move to L.A. Not everybody has the interest or the ability to do that, whether it's the financial ability or the physical ability. You know, if you are a person with a disability, but you still want to be in the entertainment industry, you know, you can make content at home from your bedroom on your own time, you know, and make it accessible to people around the world. And you don't need an agent. You don't need to go on auditions. Um, And I think that that's really cool. And for me, that's why YouTube was just so awesome and exciting because I didn't I didn't see myself in the roles I was getting called in for. So I just started casting myself in my own work. Well, is mainstream success a priority amongst all these other goals? Um, I feel like the word mainstream is kind of weird in the sense that it's so relative. Um uh, for me, like my goal has never been quote unquote mainstream success. Um, I've just always wanted to work in entertainment and I knew that I had something that I wanted to say. I didn't always knew, know what it was, but I was like, I have thoughts and someone <laughs> needs to hear them, <laughs> uh, which has not stopped anyone from being successful. Um, so, you know, for me, I always wanted to. Um, just create things that could hopefully make people laugh and make them think. And so if I'm able to do that on a bigger scale, be that television or movies or, you know, of course with my book, that's awesome. But YouTube has been so incredible to me. Um, Just the audience that I've built there, the friends that I've made, um, the relationship that I have with YouTube uh, themselves has been really cool for me. And so as long as I'm able to continue making things that I feel proud of, um, I'm happy if millions of people are watching it, but I'm happy if like five people and my mom are watching it. Like, um, so I, for me, I try to tell creators of all backgrounds that you should do it because you love it, not because you have some ultimate goal that you're going to be rich and famous because that is fleeting and doesn't always happen. 
You're working on a new pilot. Let me rephrase that. You're executive producing a new pilot for Late Night on Comedy Central. I am. I am. You know, MTV Decoded has been such an incredible experience. And actually, the um, producers that I developed and sold the show to Comedy Central with are the same guys that um, produced Decoded. So um, we work together really well. We've been working together for a long time. But we want to stretch ourselves and do something different um, because this is not Decoded and this is not MTV. TV. So, you know, Comedy Central is a comedy first. So we're really excited to kind of push some boundaries and hopefully show people sides of me that they they have not seen. You know, I've done a lot of characters. I've done stand up. Um, I am not the girl who just thinks everything is racist. Like I, <laughs> I think people are like, she's a Debbie Downer. Don't invite her anywhere. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I, I sometimes say funny things. Like I'm not I'm not just hating on people all the time. Um, so I'm excited in that respect but yeah also just the chance to do something different that people are not seeing on television like I don't plan on being at a desk with a blazer on you know I have been lifting a lot of weights and I would like to show off my arms so I do not plan on being all buttoned up and doing like new satire that's just not my style Um, and also like a lot of people are doing that right now and they're doing it very well Um, but I want to do something different so I'm excited We're, we're gonna try and push some boundaries and Hopefully see what happens. So you were part of Women's Health Magazine's September 2017 issue where you talk about how you had to learn to be nice to yourself mm-hmm. and it inspired you to combat anxiety through fitness. Yes. What would you say to your younger Francesca in those moments when oh, you did struggle oh my goodness. with body image? I would say to younger Francesca, every woman has lopsided boobies. It's not a big deal. I was like, I mean, I talked about this in Women's Health. I was so stressed out over the fact that one of my boobs is slightly bigger than the other. And real talk, it is something that every every single woman, like no one is perfectly symmetrical at at any part of their body. Um, My left ear is way bigger than my right (laughs) ear. It's bugging me for like decades. How does Pat feel? Oh, Pat doesn't care. (laughs) Pat is like, I love the little boob. Like... (laughs) He has like an, he he talks about both of them very positively. I would tell younger Francesca, do not stress, you know, it's a lot of the things that I thought were so important and, you know, made me so uncomfortable and I just cried hours and hours over are just not a big deal now. Um, And I think that that's not just about our own bodies. That's about, you know, our careers, our relationships, um, where we are financially. There are so many times in our lives where we just stress out about something and then you need just like time and perspective to realize like, oh, that was really not as serious as I thought it was. That's beautiful. Listen, up next, it's time for the impression session. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Red Bull Radio. Whether it's the latest dancehall out of Kingston, techno from Berlin, underground hip-hop, or old soul gems, Red Bull Radio is the place to tune in and discover great music that's new to you. With in-depth interviews and live performances from festivals around the globe, plus music handpicked by influential artists, journalists, and DJs, you'll know what you're looking for when you hear it. Listen at RedBullRadio.com. Hey, everybody. Once you're done listening to What's Good with Stretch and Bobbito, check out this week's Car Talk podcast. It's where America turns for marital advice, psychological analysis, scientific theory, brotherly insults, and even some occasional car advice. 
If you need to feel better about the world, and don't we all, spend an hour with Click and Clack on this week's Car Talk podcast. Listen to it on the NPR One app and at npr.org slash podcasts. It's time for the impression session. Stretch, we didn't give the, the trumpet. Symphony drums. I'm excited for this because I don't know what's getting ready to happen. <laughs> All right, so here's how it works. What we're going to do is we're each going to play you a song. We're not going to tell you what it is. Mm-hmm. You just, all you have to do is just listen, digest it, and whatever emotion it evokes out of you, share it. Okay. It doesn't and have maybe, to be an emotion. It could be yeah, yeah, a thought. Okay, great. Anything. It, whatever you it, want to say about it. It could be a memory. Yeah. Maybe you recognize a song. doesn't matter if you know it or not. Okay. It's not a test to see your musical knowledge. Um, yeah. Stretch, you want to go first or you want me to go first? I, don't, I have no idea what you're playing, by the way, Stretch. Yeah, I'll, I'll go first. Okay, cool. This is me going first. White lines are so pretty. She's like, hold on. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, Do you my, know what this is? No, I no. don't. Are you horrified? I am so <laughs> horrified. So that's that's a song from from the musical Hair. Oh, I which was also a film. Which was also that, that's I right. Mean, Sorry, I that's, that's from the the motion picture soundtrack from 1979. Oh, but it that's was originally so a Broadway funny. musical. Right. Yeah, no, I know Hair the musical, but I didn't. I don't. I have not seen it. So that's really interesting to me. Um, I thought it was. Ironic because it was like this funk style, faux, faux funk. Yeah, that was not was, funky. <laughs> but I mean, it was like it was like yeah, it was like a watered down version of funk. Elevator but it was funk. singing about white boys. I don't know. I have the I have like this impression in my mind that like that's what goes through like white guys' heads when they like need to hype themselves up for like a meeting <laughs> or something. They're like they're like I'm gonna nail this presentation and it's like what? Like as I walk through the office, I don't know. I can't. I will check in with my husband and see well, if that plays in his mind because it's just so over the top and weird. I don't know. It, was well, it, is, very, it is a Broadway, Broadway musical, right? But like, so. I had no context. This is yeah, the, yeah, my yeah. first impression. Yeah. I feel like a bad theater student for not having watched <laughs> Hair. But I'm not a big musical theater person. But I, I definitely well, need to watch that. It's funny because that's that's a soundtrack that my sister and I knew. By heart, the whole thing, and we'd actually stretch. S- I never knew that about you. Well, you don't know everything about me, Bob. <laughs> my partner. I, I love that soundtrack. I, I was saying to someone the other day. I said, "Someone needs to make a 2017 hair." Put it out there in the universe. Maybe someone will do it. Maybe it'll be you. <laughs> do it. Oh, no. Bob, <laughs> Follow your dreams. Is that, a, is that our next project? <laughs> I, I think so. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna play you another song, Francesca, and thank you for being so so wonderful and listening with us uh enjoy this at any point you you can talk over it okay. or you can listen to it uh you can and make just a, a face of yeah, horror you can let us know <laughs> again <laughs> <laughs> i was so confused during that last one ain't no need for street light because it's burning real bright some folks say we're gonna fight because this here thing just ain't right 1960 what? 1960 who? 
Okay, now you have to tell me who that is because now I need to listen to that. Uh, yes, it's the artist is Gregory Porter. The the title of the song is 1960 What? He's a phenomenal uh, jazz singer and it is chilling to listen to the entire song wow. and hear the lyrics and, and just the... Uh, I mean, in, in light of Black Lives Matter in particular in the incidents that have that have sparked that movement and then to hear this song is just it's it's interesting because even in retrospect before i heard the lyrics like it is unfortunately like a soundtrack to just like daily life and what's going on in the world around us you know so um the actual music and like the the instrumentation was really powerful so i mean it was again hearing those lyrics they definitely match the tone that was set by the instruments so that was really really cool I can't wait to listen to that Bob you put me up on that record and thank you I <laughs> yeah. love that the remix is type hot Yeah, you dropped all types of gems of things that I need to watch and listen to and I am I'm ready to do some homework oh cool well, uh, you can check out our, our podcast on npr.org slash what's good. Amazing. Well, Bob, you got anything else? No, I think that's it. That's Francesca Ramsey, comedian, actress, and online personality. Francesca, thanks so much. Thank you so much for having me. It was really fun. Gracias por venir. That means thanks for coming. <laughs> I was like, what did you say about my mother? Thank you. Thank you. I was getting a little, didn't know if I was going to be happy about that. But thank you for translating. <laughs> Later. All right. That's it for us. This podcast was produced by Sammy Yenigan, mm. Jessica Diaz-Hurtado, and oh. Michaela Rodriguez. Our yeah. editors are Steve Nelson and Nigeri Eaton. And our executive producer is Abby O'Neill. Bong bong. Special thanks to our VP of Programming, Anya Grunman. If you like the show, you should listen to our interviews with Regina King and Run the Jewels. Listen on Apple Podcasts, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts. Boom. Oh, see ya! <laughs> <laughs>